Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to Money and Me. I'm going to start with a quote and not a statistic on the market today. Here it is Enough is always elusive. When you reach it, you're not the same person you were. When you first decided where your line was. Mm. Enough is always elusive because when you reach it, you're not the same person you were when you first decided where your line was. So focus less on the outcome, more on the process. So those are the words of Danny Baldus-Strauss. He's a 31-year-old self-made millionaire and he saved up 90% of his income, invested money in his 20s and eventually quit his six-figure corporate job to work for himself. Now there are those who think that the goal of investing is to beat the market and amass as much wealth as possible. The road to happiness, some believe, is paved with more of everything. And then there are those who want a prosperous, uh, but also less stressful financial life filled with meaning. So if you fit into the latter category, well, today's Money and Me is for you. A financial pro is going to reflect on the stock market and share how his portfolio is doing. Christopher Tan is the CEO of Provident. And the first half of this year, as for many other investors, was not smooth sailing. But this year also also marked milestones in Chris's personal life with his son Thaddeus recently graduating from NTU as well. Good morning, Chris. Hi, good morning, Michelle. Thank you very much for sharing your media reflections with us. Can you share a little bit about what you've been putting your money in? I think I invest uh, exactly what our clients invest in, mm-hmm. uh, in our 100% global and emerging markets equities portfolio. This is actually my main portfolio, but of course, at the side, just for fun, I also invest in just a tiny bit of uh, cryptocurrency, uh, just to understand what cryptocurrency is, how to actually invest um, a bit better. But definitely, it's a tiny bit, not my core portfolio. And also, I bought into, uh, I have a very small position into a dry box shipping ETF. Is a dry box shipping ETF position larger than the crypto position? Mm, it's about the same, but then, well, right now, the market value, the crypto has definitely dropped a lot. <laughs> so now the value, the position is lower than the, the drive out shipping ETF. All right, give us a sense of now that we're in the medium mark, 2nd of August, mm-hmm. how your portfolios have been doing up to this point. I think no surprises. This year, everything has fallen very much in line with the market. Right? I think it's come down about maybe about 10 to 15 percent. Yeah, so everything has fallen. Uh, crypto, of course, has done a lot worse, yeah. especially after, you know, the Terra incident. I, I did have a very small amount in Terra, mm. um, a very, very small amount. And it's quite interesting. And I say interesting. Uh, I hope I'm sensitive when I say interesting because I have such a small position. It's quite interesting to see how it can go down so quickly. You know, so it's, it's all gone now. But I still have some uh, Bitcoin, some Ethereum. Uh, they have fallen by easily 50, 60% of how I started. The dry bulk shipping ETF has fallen about maybe 30-40% of the amount I put in. But again, I want to emphasize that these are really, really, really small position. I really just bought it uh, just for learning purpose. Okay. And uh, did you, uh, you know, what were you doing when, when crypto was going down? How were you observing? Since you had such a small position, it was sort of from a safe space. What were you feeling and thinking? 
yeah, I, I, honestly, I wasn't thinking too much about it because, like I said, it's a really small position. I mean, but it just goes to show that something that people have always said that it is a storage of, of value of money. Mm. Uh, how can it be, right? I mean, if it's a good store of value, uh, how can something like that just fall so much over a short period of time? Mm. Right. So, I'm, I mean, I'm very glad that uh, I did not put a lot of money in. For my bigger portfolios in equities, I I mean, I have no problem at all because uh, if I look at the longer time frame, like the uh, three and a f- three to five years time frame, actually it's still doing quite well. It's still like giving me double digit uh, per annum returns. And I believe you'll still continue to do well in the long run. Yeah, so I'm not too worried about it. All right. So water off a duck's back, all this uh, turbulence in the market. Mm. But honestly, um, how does one feel as an investor you know, retirement funds possibly linked to the market. I don't know about you, Chris, but how do you feel when you see your portfolio is not doing as well as some would like it to do this year? I guess if you are not investing in the correct things so or you are just buying like a couple of stocks, you know, five stocks, ten stocks, and you are buying into things that may not have the evidence that you would do well, like crypto, I think if you are about to retire, I, mean, I can really understand why you will be very, very worried because you need the money soon, but the money, you know, the value of your investments have all gone down. Mm-hmm. But if you have planned your withdrawal plan well, I mean, if you are going to retire in the next, say, for example, two years and you are so unsure of how the market would be, but you have planned your retirement well, you know, you have certain amount of money that's in cash, certain amount of money in very safe stuff. Of course, if you are near 65, you have got your CPF life paying out. Uh, that's fine. You're not too worried about the market because there are enough evidence to show that they, they do come back. We just do not know when. We've got to give it time. So in short, what I'm saying is that if you have got a spending plan that buckets your resources into monies that you will need in the short term, monies that you will need in the medium term and longer term, and put it into appropriate instruments, actually you can still see in peace. All right. So share with us a little bit about how the markets have impacted how your company has been doing. Well, uh, as you know, we are in a wealth advisory business. So mm-hmm. in terms of new business, actually, we are still doing pretty all right. Because a lot of people during this period, during these tough times, they actually need good advice. And we are grateful to be getting quite a bit of comprehensive wealth advisory work and also new investments under our management. At the same time, I'm also very proud of our clients. To date, we have not experienced having I mean, our clients uh, do panic selling. But instead, they are topping up whenever there are opportunities. And I think this is largely in part due to our years of risk coaching work done with our clients. I mean, you can't do this last minute. You cannot, like, in the last minute when markets has to go down and call up your client and say, don't worry, it's time to top up. It's a bit too late. You need to do all this work before the market even tanks. But, well, of course, due to the markets being down temporarily, our revenue has definitely suffered slightly. But thankfully, we are healthy in terms of reserves. Uh, we did not take any loans, so we are fine. And, well, all this while, when it comes to spending, as a firm, we have always been very prudent. I mean, we don't spend on things that are unnecessary. So, well, we are, we are fine. In fact, uh, we, we have reserves, what we call a company treasury. We are also invested in the same stuff as what we ask our clients to be. That, that part of the portfolio, like uh, everyone else, has suffered due to the market coming down. Mm-hmm. But, well, we believe that you'll come back up. We also mm. bought some HDB bonds many, many years back, you know, and that'll be fine. I, mean, I don't expect HDB to bankrupt and don't pay us back the money. Any Singapore savings bonds? No, we didn't buy any Singapore savings bonds because, well, we can get better returns. I mean, when we bought the HDB bonds, I mean, the yield was a lot better than the Singapore savings bond. So, and HDB is, I mean, as safe as Singapore savings bond as long as you don't need the money in the short term. Is it true you're a CEO who doesn't uh, spend on a 
personal assistant? Ah, yes, yes, yes. So personally, I am pretty thrifty as well. I mean, all these years, I don't ha- really have a, a PA. I mean, I don't think that that's, not, I don't think it's necessary, really. Um, so, I mean, I do most of the things myself. I mean, even if I have, I wouldn't want my PA to do my personal things, right? And if it's a business thing, it's mainly scheduling and all that. So, yes, I don't feel that I should spend money on one. All right, let's get personal, Chris. Um, in terms of those buckets that you were talking about that we should structure in our lives, how have you been coping with the slowdown personally? Yeah, actually, I actually I feel very rested. Uh, this is quite different from how I felt in 2008, you know, in the, the GFC, mm-hmm. where I was a lot more unprepared. But since the GFC, I think I've sort of like restructured my finance and I'm actually quite ready. I've more than enough emergency fund and it's quite unlikely that I will lose my job so I'm fine I won't get promoted but I won't lose my job either <laughs> so I think that's fine I will still have an income I'm very comprehensively insured so that's fine too and more than 10 years ago Michelle as you know I intentionally decluttered my life I moved to a HDB flat I have only one car simple one uh, nothing fancy full I've always been keeping my expenses low and I just have a very small amount of debt which I can pay off if I want but uh, I managed to lock in a very low interest rate. It doesn't make sense to pay off that uh, loan because the interest rate uh, that I locked in is very low. And I've also invested for the long term. Uh, in fact, uh, just about uh, 1.5 months ago, I have enough cash to invest into building memories. Uh, you're my Facebook friend, so you know that you know, I went for a long trip with my family to Switzerland. I call it an investment because kids are growing up. Um, and besides just investing into the markets, I think when the timing is right, there is a need to invest into building memories. And it was a really good trip because I actually bought tickets when the flight tickets price were very low. So I call that value purchase, very low. <laughs> if you try buying from the, if you try buying air tickets now, it's ridiculously expensive. Yeah, but I actually bought it at a very low price, had a great trip. So like I said, um, I'm actually very rested and not worried at all. Well, that's great to hear. Um, I think a lot of Singaporeans, though, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to do this, I was looking at a DBS study, Mm. and it said that overall, monthly expenses DBS found for its customers grew 22.2% this May compared to last May. Mm. Um, So, you know, people spending quite a bit more than they did last year, and then there are all these worries about inflation, um, possible recession. We know that they're not going to be recessionary headwinds, but we've been warned of uh, possible headwinds here in Singapore. So, you know, it's interesting to see that for some people, going out, travel, uh, restrictions falling, we're spending more. And in, in a situation that seems rather... Uh, difficult to predict in terms of what's going to happen next with these headwinds. So what do you say to people out there who may not be in that position that you are now, where you have that uh, emergency fund and comprehensive insurance and you have decluttered some 10 years ago? They may not be in that space. In fact, they're finding themselves um, spending a lot more because of inflation. Yeah, so I empathize with them, really. I mean, unfortunately, it is what it is right now. So if you can, I think this particular crisis is not going to be over so soon. I mean, at least from a firm standpoint, it is not going to be like in 2009, whereby we call it a V-shaped recovery. Things recovered very quickly. But this time around, 
I think it's not going to be you know so quick. And so we have to be prepared for a sustained period of market downturn and possible recession. I mean, we're not in a recession now in Singapore. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if US continue to be in recession, I mean, they are technically in recession. And I just read the newspaper report this morning mm-hmm. that uh, China may be also going into a recession. And if that happens, then I can't see Singapore not being hit. Mm-hmm. So I think um, for many of us, we need to be prepared for that. I think a good thing to do is to relook into your budget and see whether you can restructure your expenses and cut down your expenses. Uh, this might not be a good time to take on uh, new loans or huge loans. Right. Um, and at the same time, uh, hang on to that job. I mean, this might not also be a good time to, to change a job, you know, because well, if the recession really comes and companies have to let go of people, they might let you go because you're a new joiner. Right. So I'm actually quite worried because the last few years also, financial institutions have been dishing out a lot of uh, leveraged products, right? I mm. mean, we have heard of people taking and buying premium finance insurance and those days, it makes sense because the interest rates were so low. Yeah. But now with interest rates climbing, mortgage rates climbing, if you lose your job, it's no fun, right? And if property prices drop and banks call for margin call, then we are back to like what happened in 996 and 97. So for those of us who are in this position right now, yeah, mm. I really caution you, this is a good time to look at budgeting, see whether you can cut down your expenses. Yeah, and try not to, try not to, unless you really have to buy a house, but try not to take up new loans and keep that job. Yeah, speaking of job, I just want to add to the stats that I mentioned earlier on for the fuller picture. So that study by DBS showed that the monthly expenses of their customers grew some 22.2% this May year on year. Twice that of their income growth of 11.1% in the wow. same period. Wow. So, uh, you know, so many people seeing their income grow less than 5% in the past year. Mm. Slightly below our average uh, consumer price index inflation, 5.2%. Uh, okay, so keeping those numbers in mind, great to hear. So, I understand, a little bird tells me, Chris, uh, that your children are, are really growing and they're flying the nest. Your son just graduated from university. Um, how has that changed your financial picture personally? A lot, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and positive in a positive way. Right, of course, in terms of expenses, it's come down. I've got lesser expenses to pay. Right? I think with my son graduating, I save easily 20000 30000 a year. Right? Just from his tuition fees, he was staying in a hall, so I saved that, and also his monthly allowance. And in fact, I now get an income because uh, oh. he, has to, he has to pay me, right? <laughs> and since young, I've been telling him that he has to pay me. And I was just joking with people that, oh. you know, my premium, uh, so-called premium for my retirement income plan, that's him, has now matured and I'm receiving an income for life, <laughs> right? So, so it's a good thing. But of course, I still have my daughter who is, uh, has got two more years uh, in university. And, uh, but, well, that money for her, because she's not studying in Singapore, she's actually studying in Melbourne, but the money for her tuition fee, her accommodation and her expenses, I've all set that aside. So, okay. uh, yeah, so, but in terms of finances, I think overall it's great. Well, congratulations to Thaddeus uh, for graduating from NTU. Already started his job, I understand. You know, you know, when you take a personal loan from, uh, I think, CPF, is it? Mm. You don't have to pay until two years after you graduate. So when it comes to the bank of daddy, how soon does he have to give an allowance? Uh, this month. Because, 
he started actually he started work like uh, yeah about, about a month already and I mean for a long time we have been talking about you know giving us an uh, so called like an allowance and so the minute he got his uh, pay yeah he gave what he agreed to give us wow and yeah. uh, d- you know did he just come to the table and say listen this is what I think I can offer or did you all have a bit of a negotiation session no so well I think since they were younger we have been telling them that when they graduate they will have to give us an allowance and we even stated an amount that they should give us yeah. but the agreement was that you know it will be flat regardless of how much his pay is going to go up in the future it will be flat it will not be hedge gain inflation so in a way they are ready right i mean if you tell them now maybe it's too late but if your kids are still young and from young you tell them you know when you graduate this is the amount you should give me and this is how you should give me they are used to it and actually it's easy for them now because they are still staying with i mean Teddy is still staying with me. He doesn't have his own house. He's not married. His expenses can still be kept low like how he was as a student. So, it, you know, so it's not difficult for him. And as he earns more and more, it gets easier and easier because I'm not increasing the allowance. Yeah, so I think they are fine. <laughs> Great to hear about the real money conversations in your home, Chris. Wonderful. What do you think are some of the real concerns people have concerning the markets today that you think, you know, people should be paying attention to it? Yeah, so as I've mentioned earlier, Michelle, I think firstly is the increasing uh, interest rates. And this, I think, contributed to what you have said just now about the study, increasing household expenses due to mortgage going up. And as I mentioned, my biggest worry right now is a lot of people who have bought all this premium finance insurance several years back when interest rates uh, were low, but now it's going up. So that's number one concern. The second concern is property market. I mean, as, I mean, you've just read, right? I mean, another property, another HDB property has gone off the market at more than $1 million. I really hope that the market will not crash. And, well, I think that's something that people are worried uh, about. Mm. And, and also that hopefully the pandemic will end soon and our economy will not hit so that people can keep their job. And, of course, the third thing that people are concerned with will be market volatility. Of course, you've been investing into things that have strong evidence to back it up. I think you, you should be fine. But if you're investing into, like, crypto and thematic funds, I think, yeah, you may want to relook into your portfolio. All right, Chris, as you mentioned, you know, you don't expect a promotion uh, yourself at your job, (laughs) but you expect to keep it. So you're in a very privileged position. But given what you've seen and experienced so far this year, what are your main takeaways? Yeah, well, you know, uh, I've asked a few times whether I can be promoted to become (laughs) senior CEO, but apparently there's no such role. So, but yeah, some learnings. These are really learnings that I uh, have gotten over the last 20 years in my career. Right, and the first thing is keep that level low. I think that's very important. Secondly, spend below your means. Not spend within, but spend below your means. You can spend the amount, but if you don't have to, then don't. Right. Thirdly, invest for the long term and on things that are backed up by strong evidence over a long period of time. And uh, next is ensure yourself comprehensively so that you know if you fall sick, you don't have to be so worried and sell your investment just to fund all these medical costs. And the last, definitely not least, to me most important, is that we must always keep ourselves relevant to the world. Mm-hmm. Because if we keep ourselves relevant to the world and stay humble, I think we are not afraid to lose a job. We will always find another one. Mm-hmm. I think these are the five lessons that I've learned as evergreen. And if you can, you know, they're not new. They are really simple lessons, but the difficulty is in applying them. But I think if we can apply them, we don't have to worry for any crisis that may come. Uh, we should be uh, pretty well rested and things will be okay. 
Can I just ask you, what do you mean by saying relevant to the world? Do you mean take courses or be well-read? What do you mean? Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's what I meant. I mean, I mean, sometimes when we are too senior, as we get older, you know, we're too comfortable, we don't learn new things anymore. But the world is always changing. Mm. And so we have to keep reading, find out, you know, what, uh, how the world has changed, keep upgrading ourselves, go for causes, necessary causes, so that, you know, we don't get left behind. And if we can do that, then like I said, I'm never afraid of me losing a job because if I lose one, because my company has to let me go, I would be able to find the next one. Got it. I like the way you put it, stay relevant to the world. Chris, thank you for joining us this morning. Have a great day ahead. Thank you, Michelle. He's Christopher Tan, CEO of Provident, right here on Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.